In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about the sensitive topic of loaning money to friends. Specifically, should you do it? And if you did, how should you do it? And no matter what, the exact ways to keep the relationship, in fact, make it better. I give you the step-by-step on how to do each of these, and it all starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. Okay, let's talk about loaning money to friends. There's three big questions we should ask here. It is, uh, should you do it? How should you do it if you do decide to do it? And how do you keep the relationship or even make it better in this process? Now, before you go to this, all I want to offer you is the perspective of not making a decision right now. Because we easily say, oh, I don't loan money to friends. I don't loan money to family. I don't... I, you know, I don't do X, I don't do Y. And a lot of our decisions are based on a knee-jerk reaction to something that happened, or it is based on something that was passed down from us, from our friends or family, et cetera. And these beliefs are not our own. So in today's episode, what I want to share with you is you to come up with your own framework for why you're making a decision that is so fundamental that every single one of us are going to actually face. And here's the best part. Either you are going to be in a position where someone is going to ask you for money, like a friend or a family member, or you are going to be in a position where you're going to end up asking a friend or a family member for money. This is inevitable. Like I would say there's almost no chance that you're going to go through your life where this does not happen. And every single entrepreneur that I've talked to has had this happen to them in one way or the other. And if it not, has not happened to you, I'm going to wager that it is going to. So why don't we just have a framework for how we think about it? So the big three things that I want to tell you about today is uh, a framework for thinking about, should you even do it? And number two, if you did it, how should you do it? And number three, if you did loan money to friends, how would you keep the relationship? And it's totally cool. I want to tell you about the 10 second story that kicked off all of this is I had a very positive experience, uh, in the loaning money situation. Now, it is not what you think. It is not how I loaned someone money and it was a good experience. No, not at all. It was the reverse. I was in a tough spot. I was in a tough spot when I was in college in my junior year. I was a junior year of college and I didn't have, uh, I didn't have money. And during that time, um, one of my friends who was a year ahead of me at college, his name was Corey. And he had just got a job, a big, cool job in Denver. And I was sharing something with him about how I was kind of like trying to work two jobs and go to school full time. And he's like, hey, man, do you, you know, can I help you? And I was like, if I just had a thousand dollars, it would take me through the whole semester. He busted out his checkbook and he wrote me a check for a thousand dollars. No contract, no note, no nothing. It literally was, he wrote me a check and he just handed me the check for a thousand dollars. And about six, seven months later, I 
paid him back the thousand dollars, no interest or anything like that. And the reason I'm sharing that story with you is I had nowhere else to go. I didn't, I didn't know what else to do at that time. I didn't know who else to ask. And I was sharing that with a friend and he helped me out. So on the receiving end of being, of loaning, getting a loan from my friend, it has not affected my relationship with him. He came to my wedding. I still stay in touch with him. He, I paid him back. I felt completely responsible and the, he helped me. And so I like the process of loaning money to people. I like it. I think it's good. And so, but I had to come up with my own rules because I will give you the second story. I actually loaned money. I I loaned $13,000 and maybe I'll record an episode about this to a friend who was going through some tough times with his family and a newborn child. And he lied to me at the end of the day and uh, about all the things that were going on in his life. And literally, you know, he never talked to me again. And, um, and there I lost my $13,000. And I, I wish... I had thought through this process of how I did all of this. And that's the big reason why I'm recording this episode is to give you a framework for how to think about this. So let's jump right in and talk about the first big question, which is, should you do it? Should you loan money to friends? And you can extend this. Should you do it? Uh, Before you think about that question, there's, there's only three things that can really happen. And these are the three big things, right? The big three are number one, which is the downside, you could lose the money. Number two, you could lose the relationship. And number three, you could lose sleep and stress while you're interested in, while you go through this process, right? You could lose money, lose the relationship, lose sleep and stress. And it's okay. Like you could, but it doesn't have to be. So the question is, how do you make this work? And let me, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I think about it, right? To me, I want to see if the relationship is greater than the money, because if I'm okay with losing the money, if I'm okay with losing the relationship, and if I'm okay with losing sleep over it, I have chosen that the relationship is more important than the money. And I want you to figure out when you say yes and when you say no. And I'll tell you how I think about it, right? My 80-20 rule around this on when I say yes and when I say no on loaning money to friends is literally built on this single thing. Not 100% of the time, 80% of the time. 80% of the time, I ask this question. If I will allow this person to take care of my children, I'm happy to loan them money. Think about that for a second. If I will allow Jimmy, say this is the person asking for a loan. If I will allow this person to take care of my children, not forever, no one, no one, no one's, no one, no one should be subjected to that. <laughs> but if I will allow them to take care of my children, meaning I would, I would have no problem leaving my child with somebody for a day, I'm happy to loan money to them. Because there's three things when, when it, that really um, is important there. Number one, there's familiarity. I know this person so well that it's not just an acquaintance. Number two, I trust them enough, not just with myself, but with my children. And the third is I just have a feeling of generosity and integrity associated with it, right? That's the problem for us. Because when I have those in place, I know that the relationship is more important than the money. I also know that their integrity is more important than anything else. So to me, my rule is if I will allow them to take care of my children, I'm happy to loan them money. 
right? The question for you is you should come up with a rule because if you can't decide on some uh, overarching rule or overarching framework, you're always going to be like, eh, and then you just make a random decision, which is I'm not going to do it. Now, imagine if my friend Corey, who loaned me that thousand dollars when I was a junior in college, imagine if he had the rule saying I wouldn't loan people money. I would be a better, different person today. I would have not. I, 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 I will tell you that thousand dollars that he gave me probably made me the person that I am. That thousand dollars put me in a place to appreciate a friendship, appreciate a relationship, appreciate uh, what it meant to owe somebody money, appreciate what it meant for, for someone to be taken care of, appreciate the chance that I get to record this episode that you get to listen to. And because of that, I had to come up with my own way of should I do it or should I not? So the question you have is this, I would not make a blanket decision on whether you should do it or you should, should not because it's too close. I would ask why, like why and how. You should choose, you should make a decision, make a rule, make a framework, not for every situation, but at least, at least for the eight out of 10 ones, because I'll tell you, it's going to happen to you. All right. So number one, should you do it? Number two, if you did do it, how should you do it? If you did do it, how should you do it? And I'm going to, I'm going to refer to what I call the four goods the four goods, when you, if you are going to loan somebody money, especially if it's a friend, yeah, you should think about the four goods. You want to have these four goods in place. When I say goods, four good things, three, four good things in place to make it work. The four goods are necessary because you don't want the four bads. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. The four goods came about as I created it because the four bads happened in my life, right? So here are the four goods when you want to loan somebody money. Number one, good people. You only want to loan money to good people. Like it's just, that's why if I, I told you my rule, if I will allow them to take care of my children, I'm happy to loan money to them. Right? So number one, good people. Number two, good intentions. I want to know what they need the money for. And I want that integrity to be real. If you can, if someone just needs some money and especially if it's a friend and they won't tell you why I just won't do it because I think that just someone wanting $3,000 and they're, they're probably in a much bigger hole than 3000. And I want to find a way to give them the 3000, but help them with the 30,000 they're in the hole with. So number one, good people. Number two, good intentions. You always want to know the intentions behind why you're making that, that investment or that transaction. Number three, good rationale, good rationale. By the way, when I say good rationale, it has to be good for you and it has to be good for them. That's what this good rationale means. Uh, anytime it is good for them, but not good for you, it causes resentment and resentment in money energy is really, really bad, right? Which is why a lot of us are irritated when we put all our life savings or our operating checking money in the bank accounts and our banks at this point where I'm recording this episode pays us 0.001%, we get resentful because it's good for them because they get to loan it out, but it's not good for us, right? Good rationale is when it's good for them and it's good for us. So it's, it's good for them, you're loaning them the money. But if I was loaning somebody $10,000, but charging them, you know, loan shark like interest rates of, you know, 300%, it's not good for them. But if I loan somebody $10,000, but I charge zero interest, it's not good for me because I get resentful right? And then there's no respect for that. So there has to be a rationale that allows it to say, well, is it good for you? And it's good for them. And there's got to be a way for us to make it work. If there is not good rationale, this will break. And the good, this, the third good, the good rationale came from <laughs> having bad rationale. So never have bad rationale, right? So the three goods, 
So, so far, good people, number one, good intentions, number two, good rationale, number three. And the last but not least, good contracts. Uh, we don't loan money. To, I'll tell you right now, never loan money without writing it up, right? There is a, it needs to be an worst case scenario. It's an email, uh, or best case scenario to one page agreement that you sign when people, when you have a contract, a contract is nothing more. A contract is a very formal word for a very sacred thing. And that's an agreement. Agreements are what our entire, entire lives are built upon, right? Uh, agreements like they're, the, there's a, there's a marriage certificate, but there's an agreement that we're together. There's an agreement that we show up at work and they pay us. There's an agreement that we deliver for our customers. There's an agreement that we help our coaching clients. There's an agreement that we deliver value to our clients. There's an agreement that we wake up in the morning and take care of our kids. There's an agreement that we wake up and we take our dog for a walk. Agreements drive our lives. If there are no Contracts are just formalization or just memorialization of those agreements. And if you have good people, good intentions and good rationale, they will have no problem signing a good contract because you don't want to just do like I handshake deals are interesting. Handshake deals are meant for the bar. Handshake deals are about the $10 on the Patriots game. That's what the handshake deals for, right? That's not what this is for. Everything gets written up. Everything gets written up because it is a memorialization of an agreement. It is a symbol of seriousness. And especially when it's between friends, it's even more important because it, it dramatically, uh, it, you know, outlines the terms of the agreement because it's good people, good intentions, good rationale, good contracts, four goods. Remember the four goods. And, and I would write up your agreement like it was a stranger. Say it again. I would write up your agreement like it was a stranger. Just because it's a friend, don't write a friend agreement. Write every agreement like it was a stranger because sometimes something could happen to the friend and now you're in court with, with someone else that got assigned to. You don't want any of that. Always write an agreement like it was fair and it was written to a stranger because that's what allow for the agreement to be in good faith, okay? So number one, should you do it? Come up with a ration, come up with a rule for yourself. Number two, how should you do it? Think about the four goods, good people, good intentions, good rationale, good contracts. And number three, this is the big part. How do you keep the relationship? How do you keep the relationship no matter what? And I want to give you four quick ways to keep the relationship. And I think it'll help everybody in this process. Uh, the first way is, this may be hard to do, but I will tell you that the, the more you want to get a neutral third party for accountability. So if you and if you're loaning $10,000 to Jimmy, you should find, you should tell Jimmy, hey, we have, I have a friend that both of us trust Charlie. Charlie's our friend. We should tell Charlie that we're doing this so that Charlie can, you know, help us stay accountable. A lot of, that's a really good thing because when a third person is involved, all parties stay accountable. It gets messy for some people, but I will tell you, if you want something to go right and not lose a relationship and you want good accountability around something, you always want, having a neutral third party is a very good idea, right? That way you tell the Charlie the terms of the deal and everyone is aligned and it's really, really helpful. And uh, that, 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 that is, that's, that's super good. Here's number two. The communication schedule is on them. The communication schedule is on the person that borrowed the money, not the person that lent the money. So if I gave $10,000 to Jimmy and Jimmy was supposed to give me $1,000 a month for 10 months uh, in, to pay me back, for example, 
it is Jimmy's responsibility to reach out to me every single month. It is Jimmy's responsibility to tell me if there's a delay. It's Jimmy's responsibility. All communication is on them because if, if you, the person loaning the money reaches out, that person gets resentful. They're like, oh my gosh, he doesn't understand my situation. He's bothering me, et cetera. It may not be the case, but it's going to come across that way. There is no reason for that. The person borrowing the money is the one that is responsible for the communication. As long as that is established, everything will go smoothly. Number three, uh, you as the person providing the loan, right? The lender never have to ask for an update. Like that should be written in the agreement. Never have to ask for an update. The update should be automatic. If you have to ask for an update, it, it just gets really, really, really messy. It gets really messy. And here's what I say. It gets really messy. And so I try to say, Hey, it is my job to never ask for an update. It is your job to communicate. And that's totally good. This leads me to number four. If they ever stop communicating, the loan is due immediately. I say it again. If they ever stop communicating, the loan is due immediately. Because I don't mind as long as someone's talking to me, someone's telling me the truth, someone's working with me. I don't mind it at all because I want to help this person because I loaned the money to this person in the first place because I would allow them to take care of my children. I care about them, right? But if they stop communicating with me, that means they went dark. That means they don't care about my relationship anymore. That means the loan is due right now and I'm going to exercise it. Because that's not cool because they don't communicate with me. And I will write that in the document, right? If they stop communicating with me, the loan is due immediately. And here's number five. I agree to not talk about the loan or any terms of the loan, uh, except on scheduled calls related to the loan. Everything else is based on our social relationship. And I will not talk about it at any other time. I've completely compartmentalized it. And I would write that up. That way, it's not like you see the person and the person starts to avoid you at school, avoid you wherever. They know that you will never bring it up. And that's the point, right? You don't want anyone to ever feel like you'd ever bring it up. You don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I don't want to go to dinner because Sharon's going to be there. You, you always know that I will never bring it up. And that's the point. Because the only time I would bring it up is when you have to communicate it with me as Jimmy or we have scheduled calls. But once I know that it protects the relationship, those are the five things that I like to use to keep the relationship and give you some ideas around that. Number one, get a neutral third party for accountability if it's the right fit. Number two, the communication schedule is on them. Number three, I never have to ask for an update. Number four, if they stop communicating, the loan is due immediately. And number five, we don't talk about the loan anytime except on loan scheduled calls. So there's no change in our social interaction. Um, I talk about a lot of like how to manage finance, finances, et cetera. Like people talk to me about this stuff. And uh, from my time on Wall Street, from my time losing a lot of my personal assets, uh, from my time doing stupid things, I had to come up with my own ways of thinking about the world. And um, I actually built a online program called uh, the Money Multiplier System. How to really, how what the best entrepreneurs do, but rarely admit to. And this is required for, for, the, for the CEOs that I mentor. So if you ever uh, want to check it out, I, I may open it up from time to time. Go to moneymultiplier.info, moneymultiplier.info. It is probably the smallest investment you can make for the largest result, similar to what I'm talking about today, moneymultiplier.info. And you can get, uh, you can get details on that, on that short program that may be helpful to you. So the question here is this. When you recap all of these things, you ask the one big question, should you do it? Should you do it? This is not a yes or no question. And that's what I want to tell you. This is not a yes or no question. The question is not, should you do it? The question is, how should you? How should you? 
If you know how you should do something, it actually answers the question in a much better way. You don't want the always and the never. What we get to do is we get to understand how should we do something? Because if you're in a tight spot, wouldn't you want your friend to lend to you? If you're in a tight spot, wouldn't you want your family to lend to you knowing that you have deep integrity in this process? And the same the other way around, but you want some accountability around it so that it doesn't ruin the relationship, right? So, so before I leave you, I want to give you this. If you're going to do a loan to a friend uh, or friends going to do a loan with you, send them this episode. Both of you should listen to this. Both of you should listen to this so that you can get an understanding, a joint understanding uh, that it is a, it is a mutual agreement to help each other have a better life together. It is a mutual agreement. It should actually deepen your friendship and deepen your relationship more than anything else. I have friends right now who I have loaned money to who are better friends than they were before. And that is all because I asked the question, if I will allow them to take care of my kids, I'm happy to loan money to them. Good people, good intentions, good rationale, good contracts. All right. So if you're going to do a loan, both of you should listen to this episode. And I'm going to ask you that to, to, uh, there's someone in your network that is probably either getting a loan right now or giving a loan to a friend and they should probably listen to this, give them a sense of it because no one really talks about this stuff. So just share this episode with, with your network so that people can see this and people can have a sense of how to think about it. And hopefully it helps them just like it's taken all these years uh, for me to come up with this. I hope this was helpful and I'll catch you on the next one. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com. Dot com.